everyone. Welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast where I force my friends to watch a movie they've never seen, or they gently ask me to watch a movie that I've never seen. I'm Lauren, and today I wanted to do a little review on the top 10 films that I had never seen in 2020. Hey everyone, welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast where Lauren forces her friends to watch a movie we've never seen, or we gently ask her to watch movies she's never seen. I'm Rami, and I'm the technical producer of the podcast, um, so I basically make sure that everybody sounds good and uh, doesn't sound like Amber, because they don't have a fancy mic like the rest of us. Um, but then Lauren works her magic and um, really produces the show and makes Amber sound like she kind of does have a mic like us. But yeah, um, the show that or the movie that I would say that I enjoyed watching this year was Bad Teacher just because Cameron Diaz is a badass and that movie is very quotable. Um, I mean, I, 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 that was my most favorite movie. Um, I guess my least favorite movie would have to be Hocus Pocus. I know you've heard us talk about this for like over and over and over. Um, but, um, yeah, it just, it's not the hype that everybody hypes it up to be. It just wasn't the hype to me. Um, and yeah, I, I wish that more happened in the movie. Um, I wish there was a second part. Um, but we will watch next Christmas, next Halloween, not Christmas, Halloween. We will definitely be watching um, Halloween Town High. Uh, you've probably heard us talk about it a couple of times, but I definitely hope that we watch that one in 2021. Um, that's all I got. Um, I know Lauren wanted us to go for like 30 minutes, um, but it's probably been like two minutes or maybe a minute and a half, but whatever. Um, anyways, I really hope that everybody, um, we do still have some shows to produce in 2021. Um, so I really hope that everybody enjoys everything. Bye. Okay. So yes, 2020 was probably the worst year ever, but it did give me the opportunity to just sit and watch a bunch of movies as well as gave my friends and I this the opportunity to create this podcast. And so first, I just want to take this moment to thank all of my friends who have helped make this possible. And to those who like family and friends who have listened, which I'm pretty sure are the only ones, but it's just amazing. And I just want to take this time to thank everyone. Um, it's been so much fun doing this. And I and we, we do have a lot planned for 2021. So I'm just really excited uh, for the future that I really hope it still exists uh, for this podcast. But just kind of going into why I wanted to start one, I actually have had equipment since 2017. I planned a podcast with Eric, who you've heard a few times on the on the pod. And so it never just really happened. It was it's I kind of had a lot of trouble getting it started. Plus, I moved away and then, you know, moved back home. And so you know, it just never really happened again. And I had always wanted to ask my friends to do this. And then finally, I just did. And kind of part of the reason was because um, I wanted help uh, streaming on Twitch. So I talked to Rami, who was one of my good friends, who you've heard on the show before. And so he really helped me figure that out. And then when he helped me figure that out, I was like, can you help me like make a podcast? And he totally did it. I I honestly would not be here without him recording this video and putting this mic in the computer and doing all that little technical stuff. And so after one day hanging out in Austin, recorded two episodes and here we are. And it was just, it's just been so much fun and I'm really excited uh, for what we're going to do next year. So for the past several months, I decided I want to do like a quick review of some of the best stuff I had seen um, this year because I actually did sit and watch a lot of movies that I had never seen before. Not sure if it's really because of the quarantine thing or um, if it's usually I usually try to do that every year, kind of come up with a list and then watch all these movies. It's kind of the same with music. I always love to compile a playlist that um, of songs that I listen to a lot in 2020. 
So for the past several months, I've been kind of creating this top 10 list in my head. And first, I want to kind of start with some honorable mentions. Okay, so one would be The Bodyguard. Uh, I have always wanted to see that movie. And mainly, be, you know, I I knew the song was a big deal in the movie. And so I really wanted to finally sit and watch it, see what it's about. Because I, I'd always heard nonstop praise about Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner's like chemistry in the film. And so I finally sat and watched it. It was definitely not what I expected. And it was fantastic. Um, definitely anyone who has never seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, the music in the movie is very good. She is just fantastic. It was definitely, um, something I'm glad I watched. Another one would definitely be, I've actually seen this before, but the reason I mention it now is because it's some movie that I really always want to rewatch, which is very rare. And so, I saw it about, I think, last year, but then like this year, I just wanted to watch it again and again and again and again. And it is The Cable Guy, uh, first of all, directed by Ben Stiller. And it's just fucking hilarious. I cannot get enough of that movie. I quote it all the time. And it's definitely uh, a movie that I didn't really grow up watching. I grew up watching a lot of Jim Carrey and this that movie was definitely not one. And um Eric grew up with that movie and so it was super fun to kind of see him in this other light that he was you know at kind of the peak of his career so that movie is just so enjoyable I just can't stop watching it <laughs> and that and it's just so random but I'm I'm just always down to watch it and that's why I kind of wanted to put it in the honorable mention because it was really this year that like sparked my interest in it again and just you know made me want to watch it all the time same thing with so i married an axe murderer that's probably it's weird i'm been obsessed with wayne's world forever since i was a child and i'm kind of bummed that i never watched this one oh so i married an axe murderer so i'm like that's probably one of my favorite mike myers honestly his character in that movie is so fantastic and it's so funny and um also very kind of endearing a little bit Another one I would say is an honorable mention is probably 1917. Um, mainly because, you know, I always forget those movies you see earlier in the year. And that was one of them I actually saw in the theaters back in January. And um, kind of uh, sad to think about. That's kind of one of the last few times I went to the movies this year. And um, I'm really glad that I had that opportunity that, you know, a lot of people had the opportunity because it was a very impactful film was I, I kind of love that it didn't win everything at the Oscars like everyone thought it would and but it's still such a great movie um I definitely have an appreciation for war films and with this one just kind of following a character throughout like I think I want to say it's like a day or two days like nonstop is just amazing and it's just so extremely fascinating how they filmed it which is obviously a, a pretty big reason why a lot of people wanted to check it out uh, but a, definitely a different take on a war film. And it was really great to see an experience in a theater, which, you know, at the time we didn't really think um, was going to be one of the last few times we would get to do that. So going into number 10, um, it's actually not a movie, but it is kind of based on a movie, uh, a movie that did kind of inspire us to like make this podcast alive, which I hope we can do in the near future. It's actually the show on Hulu called High Fidelity that got canceled, unfortunately. The reason I bring this one up, um, I actually watched it in like two days. So it's like I want to say eight or 10 episodes. I'm not exactly sure on that, but it was just, um, I watched it nonstop and I couldn't stop watching it. And I finished it the weekend it came out and it's binge watching is something I never do, but I was really surprised at how well they were able to do the whole gender swap thing. Like Rob was now a female and it worked perfectly. It also gave me uh, such an appreciation for Zoe Kravitz. She was just fantastic. I mean, you fucking hated her by the end of the series, but then you loved her all over again by the last episode. So it all worked out. But that 
man, that show did such a great job. I actually tweeted about it and I got a lot of responses from people who like also love the show. And it's just so unfortunate that it got canceled. Um, I really loved the way they ended the show, like kind of with a line from the movie about how there was like a 9% chance that, you know, she had with um the cute boy's character which i cannot think of his name right now okay his name is clyde clyde played by jake lacy who did a fantastic job he's not a character um in high fit in, in the movie so it was really interesting because you know spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie just skip maybe like 10 seconds or so um in the movie he ends up with the girl that he's breaking up with and so with this one, you assume, oh, she's going to end up with him because that's how it is in the movie. But they don't end up together. And then she she really ends up falling for this one. And that was that's really what drew me to the show was that relationship and how different it was from what the story we know in the movie. But anyway, that 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 show was fantastic. I just I put it on the list because it's nuts. Again, I don't binge watch shows and I watched it like that it was just so good i haven't rewatched it maybe i should but then again it kind of sucks to have that reminder that it's mm, not going to continue so for number nine i decided to choose tenant now in the near future expect the podcast we already sat down and watched it and recorded it i actually saw tenant in theaters when it came that weekend it came out which was kind of like it was kind of scary but when we saw it there was like maybe 20 people there we were in the way, way back, uh, very far away. We had masks on the whole time, temperature checks at the door. Uh, the Alamo Draft House really did a great job uh, making sure everything was safe. And so that was kind of the last movie I saw in 2020, technically. Um, I haven't been since, but I was really glad to have that experience in the theater this year, um, despite all the stuff happening. I know Christopher Nolan, I know it was really important for him to have that movie come out. And I appreciate, honestly, I do appreciate the fact that he's he made it happen. And now that everyone has a chance to see it, you know, um, as of, you know, uh, I want to say it came out mid-December. Uh, you know, I'm really glad that everyone has now seen it. I'm Now you're kind of hearing more reviews of it. People believe that it's like his weakest film, but I really didn't. Um, really, what makes the movie amazing is John David Washington. Like that guy, I just hope his future is fucking huge. He did such a fantastic job in this movie, and I loved him so much. I also loved Robert Pattinson. He was he did such a fantastic job. I don't want to go more uh, too much into it, uh, because we did a really really fun podcast, uh, Eric and I and Stephen. And so we had a really great discussion on a lot of different aspects of the film. And I put it on the list because, it, again, it was just nice that uh, we got to see it in theaters. And it was such a fantastic film. Um, Christopher Nolan ain't going anywhere. And I love that we have a director that um, every time he puts stuff out, it's just like you're in those seats opening weekend, no matter what. And it's going to be amazing, you know. Um He's someone that won't let you down. But anyway, uh, awesome film. I really enjoyed it. And it's going to sound lame, but I'm, it made me super excited for Batman. <laughs> I think I'm just in love with Robert Pattinson now. Hey, everyone. It's Amber. The movie I picked for this year that I really enjoyed is a Harley Quinn one, The Birds of Prey. And I know there's like a longer part to it, but I don't remember it, to be honest, right now. Um, but The Birds of Prey movie, I really liked it. And... Um, you know, just to start off a disclaimer, I'm, I don't know anything about DC Comics, um, not even Marvel ones either. So whatever I get from the movies, that's what I get. And that's what I enjoy. Because so I know there are some hangups about it, about Birds of Prey and the people that are in it and the characters and what exactly all that is about. I don't know any of about that. So maybe that's why I enjoyed it. But I really liked it. Um, I didn't get to see it in the movie theaters. This year, I saw it on HBO Max, thanks to Lauren um, for that. And so I watched it sometime during, I don't even know, this year. some At, at some point this year when it was um, put on HBO Max. And I watched it by myself during the day, and I really enjoyed it. I loved it, in fact. 
that is probably one of my favorite um, superhero or villain movies, I guess, technically or not technically. I don't know, right? Because I don't know much about Harley Quinn. It's probably a complicated character there, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, what I really loved about it was the characters' costumes. Amazing. I could pick out anything that any of the women wear, almost any of the women, what they wore in that movie, and I want to wear it. I want to wear I want to get that vest with the caution and the sequins that she Harley wears those you know if I could uh wear those uh high waist shorts those pants at the end oh like every outfit she wears her hair when she cuts it so relatable I mean I cut my hair during quarantine too you can't really tell because I wore it wavy today or messy but I cut my hair twice during quarantine and it came out pretty well, I think. Um, and it's also just so relatable. She went through like a breakup and she kind of like loses herself. She loses her friends. She going, she's going through a rough patch. And I think that's relatable for a lot of girls um, who have been through, you know, bad relationships. And, you know, there's that period afterwards where you're just kind of feeling a lot of stuff. And in her case, she's also destructive. Um, I wish I could blow up a building too, uh, without getting in trouble, you know, so there's, there's that. Uh, and I just really like her character. I liked all the women in the, the movie. I love the way it was shot and I thought it was really well done. It, I didn't feel pandered to, I just felt understood, you know, as a woman and having uh, a superhero movie that wasn't cheesy. And maybe it's because they were villains or maybe because they were outsiders and not they're not meant to be the heroes. They're not meant to show, um, you know, that side of the comic books. They were just complicated women and women are just complicated. People are complicated. And so I really enjoyed it for what it was. That is definitely a movie I wish I could have seen with my sisters or with my friends. Unfortunately, we can't be together right now um, or not much anyway. I'm always, I've been here in town. I've been at my own place. And so, oh, that movement is not an earthquake. That's my cat. Um, but it would have been a great movie to see with friends. You know, definitely, I definitely recommend it. I would like to um, one day get my hair cut and dye my hair red and blue. Bleach it red and blue. You know, here's to Harley Quinn. So going to number eight. I actually really want to do a podcast on this film uh, one of these days. Maybe just Eric and I, we really should sit down and do it. Uh, but he just put it on randomly. He had been wanting me to watch this movie since we started dating. And it's called Midnight Run. So it stars Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. And I know he always told me the two actors and he told me it's like a, a cross country kind of story where two guys are you know, driving across the country and all hell's breaking loose, right? I'm like, okay, you know, I get it. Road trip movie, whatever. Um, but I, you know, obviously I'm not someone that knows a lot. I don't know a lot of actors uh, at the top of my head usually. And so when he mentioned Charles Grodin, I really didn't know who that was. But whenever we were watching it, I was like, oh, it's the Beethoven guy, the dad in Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, that's where I recognize him from. That movie was just surprisingly fun to watch. Uh, from beginning to end, I I I didn't want to stop watching it, and I I thought it was gonna be one of those movies that I was like, okay, we'll watch it because I know he really wants to show it to me. But I had such a fun time watching that movie. It's really funny. Robert De Niro is is just surprisingly funny, which a lot of people, you know, at the time because it came out late eighties. I want to say nineteen eighty eight. A lot of people were like surprised to see him in a comedy, but you know now. I mean, we we can't, we grew up with Robert De Niro and Meet the Parents. It, you know, it's it wasn't something very rare. This was actually a pretty big Robert De Niro like year for me. Um, he has quite a few films on this list, but it was very fun. Uh, one of the reasons why I really enjoyed it is because of the chemistry between the two between De Niro and Grodin. It was really fun. They were funny together. Uh, and, and it was just an, an unexpected fun ride 
we had just recorded our Edward Scissorhands podcast. And so we talked a little bit about Danny Elfman and Eric, you know, mentioned that Eric, Danny Elfman did the music to this to Midnight Run. And it's funny because it's so recognizable that his mom just walked in the room because she knew it was on. And it was fantastic. It's got a great soundtrack, actually. Um for just like a, this little movie about like just like a little calm action comedy movie. Great. A lot of F words in it. Love it. It was just so much fun. I can't believe that uh, I hadn't seen it before and it was really cool. So number seven is actually a film that we did on the pod, which we may have another one of those on this list. And it's Silver Linings Playbook. I wanted to add this movie on the list because... I'm just surprised that I wasn't annoyed of Jennifer Lawrence. Not that that happens often. She's just not somebody I'm like running to the theater to see. But I was just, you know, she her performance was fantastic. But mainly why I was really in love with this movie was because of Bradley Cooper. I definitely have uh, appreciated him more uh, watching him on screen after A Star is Born. I mean, yes, we, we've been watching him for years, but for some reason, when he did that film, it just made me see him in a different light. And so the film was just like really fun to watch. Went by like that. And I remember I was being, I was on the end of my seat, you know, the last 30 minutes of the movie, heart racing. It's just, and when films do that to me, it's just so memorable, especially the first time. Uh, I, I, I was surprised that it was going to be a movie that gave me those nerves and I loved it. I think that's really why it, it made the list. And also it's a fantastic love story, unexpected love story that I really enjoyed. And them two together, which obviously I knew would be great chemistry, but man, it was good. I just cannot believe how um, it took me this long to watch it. And again, we had a really great discussion. If you want to check that out. Guy, it's Steven from the Silver Linings Playbook edition of Never Seen It. Acting with my favorite movie of 2020. And there's quite a few, I think, that really stick to the top three for me. But I'm going to pick one. I was really fond of Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. I think that movie is incredible for what it does. The dialogue itself is so succinct. It's also distinct as well. Uh, it's very much a Guy Ritchie film, and it feels like that. I love it for that alone. I wasn't fond of King Arthur. I think it tried too hard to mix Guy Ritchie with mythology. It didn't work really well. But this felt like Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and I really enjoyed everything about it. McConaughey is an incredible lead in what he has to do. All the side characters really add just a different headspace to everything. Uh, Hugh Grant is just freaking out-of-this-world rock star in that movie. I never thought I'd say that, so that's that's awesome. Uh, the story itself is just really well told and fun and it's kind of light but also has some darkness. There's some Black Mirror stuff towards the end, of the, like the pig stuff. It, it's incredible. When I hear the Wu-Tang Clan song, I just instantly think of the gentleman now. So if I have to pick my favorite movie of 2020, I'm going to go with Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. So for number six, it's actually another one that we did on the pod and it's Falling Down. That movie also had me on the edge of my seat but also made me stress out so bad as you're watching just Michael Douglas's character really fall and become this bad guy that he himself is just shocked. And another reason why I was so drawn to this movie was because of Robert Duvall. I love that you had these two characters who were kind of close, like they were almost up to each other. And then at the end, just the climax of them at, you know, at the, at the pier, it was like a, a standoff. And you see the similarities, but differences of these two characters. And it was just perfect. That movie was so good. I feel like if it came out today, it would have been appreciated more, probably won a lot more stuff. Like I'm, I'm just surprised because I feel like, um, and we talk a lot about this on the pod about how um, I guess I, I feel like I had heard it was compared to Joker. But I feel like a lot of those stories are really coming out these days where you're seeing just the the fall of this character. Uh, but I mean, I, not necessarily in the Joker because you're seeing the rise. But it was just such a great movie to watch. Um, and I'm glad I finally did after many many years just like midnight run uh but you're just in it from the beginning it just the pace is is fantastic it's fast but not too fast you're every step of the way as he's just progressing to to who he ends up becoming 
his, you know, the weapons getting bigger at, you know, every scene. It's just so brilliant. That movie was brilliant. And I love that I kind of became a part of that with Eric and his parents because they've seen that movie for years, just like Midnight Run. You know, I'm seeing a lot of movies that they would watch as a family, which it's not a family movie, but it's fantastic. Gosh, you know, and it makes you again appreciate um michael douglas and robert duvall as as actors they are just fantastic i'm american my favorite movie this year was tenet i mean 100 percent, it was tenet i mean look at the case it's backwards on the camera but tenet backwards is tenet still eh, eh, lauren's laughing at me i love this movie so much so i'm a huge christopher nolan fan I, i'm absolutely biased uh, this movie just delivered in every way, shape, or form. Uh, Steven said it perfectly when we showed it to him. I, I just did not want this movie to end. And I feel like a lot of people who were, you know, confused by it, it, it it's definitely Nolan's most complicated film. But I guarantee you give it a second watch, it'll start, it'll start to really make sense and you'll see what he was doing. Because even though it was a time travel movie and time travel movies have been made, you know, for decades upon decades at this point, it, it still had a unique spin on it. It wasn't time travel per se, it was time inversion. And I just love the concept. I loved the I mean I feel I I fully believe this was the best cast of of a film that he has made so far. I mean every performance uh just I mean every performance was just beyond fantastic. Kenneth Branagh specifically, I mean that guy just transformed. The fact that that's Gilderoy Lockhart and Hercule Poirot from from you know the Agatha, Agatha Christie films and then he's the main villain, you know, Sador in this film is just absolutely unbelievable. Like it's just, it's just so great. John David Washington was fantastic. Robert Pattinson. Uh, I mean, this movie just from beginning to end was just great. Two and a half hour long film, but it doesn't feel like it. It just goes, it just goes, 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 goes. And uh, yeah, I think it was the best film of the year. Definitely a movie that uh, if it had come out to, a, you know, in a better time, it definitely would have made a ton of money and gotten even more praise than it already has. Honorable mention, though, The Gentleman, like Steven said, for every reason that Steven said and more. That movie's fantastic. If it wasn't for Tenet, it would be The Gentleman. But Tenet, 110%. So number five on the list is actually also a TV show, but started with the movie. So I think the last film I did get to see in theaters before Tenet, before everything happened, was the My Hero Academia film, Heroes Rising. And so I went because I know Eric wanted to. I love him. I'm going to go with him. But <laughs> I was just surprised at how much I liked it. I mean, I told him, yeah, I was like, yeah, it was good. I did see Two Heroes when he got it on DVD. And that one was cute. I was like, okay, it's cute. But before I saw these movies, I had actually seen episode one. Um, Steven actually showed Eric and I one day and it was very sweet. I thought it was very sweet. Uh, I watched part of two then I was just on my phone as they continued watching. And then, yeah, I never really wanted to pick it up. It, I mean, I'm not someone that watches anime, so I, I just didn't have any interest in it. But when Eric and I started living together, I would hear the music a lot and I'm like, I would sing it or, you know, as much as I could. And it got to just, it just stuck to me. And so I kind of just started watching it with him after we saw Heroes Rising. I'm like, all right, let's just see. Superheroes are not necessarily my thing. It's not something I'm into. Uh, I know it's a humongous thing right now. It's kind of what it's what Hollywood is doing like half the time. But I mean, so that was kind of another reason I just didn't think I would be into it because I'm not into superhero stuff. But I am into like coming of age stories and you really see that with each of these characters as they're going through so many different things, but also have to deal with the fact that they have like these powers and it's just such a fun watch and it has such great music. I love it so much. My number one song this year is actually the season three opener, the part one opener because there's like four songs every season. You got the intro, outro, then you got the part two of season, whatever season it is. And then the outro song also. But the season three opener, and it's by a band, a group uh, called Overworld, and it's Odd Future. Check that song out. It's a, it's a, what do the kids call it? Like a, like a banger or whatever. It is fantastic. Um, iTunes said, 
hey chick you listen to this song like nonstop, so it's like number one in your 2020 list and hell yes it is but again that show is really fun it's very endearing um i love deku very much didn't expect that he's so sweet i can't i can't and i can't wait to see where his character goes i don't know i just can't believe how into it i got and that's why it's really right in the middle of the list number five because it was such a such a fun time to watch the whole series and then now we're caught up waiting on season five which we hear is coming out in march so that's going to be really exciting and look i have a little i bought a little figure i don't do that i don't buy figures of anime characters you know i don't know anything about other animes and um it's just so sweet I love it so much, and I can't wait for you to see more this year. Hi, my name's Ismail Perez, also known to Smiley to some of you, and I'd say the best movie I saw this year, at least my best movie-watching experience, would have been Parasite for 2020. Um, of course, it came out in 2019, I think late 2019, where I did hear the buzz behind it, but... Um, you know, I'm gonna be honest, when I heard it was Korean, and like, you know something you know that kind of American audiences aren't used to like at least the audience that I'm part of um I thought it was mostly for like film buffs you know like people who go above and beyond for film and watch every single movie that comes out so I thought um, I thought I wasn't the right audience for it until you know of course the buzz kept building up and up about it um so I did the whole watch Oscar films before the Oscars weekend or week and I saw it and, you know, when I was in theaters, it was packed um, before COVID. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because it, it had already come up for a couple months already and it was already packed. And then the guy behind me was like, here we go. Or, you know, let's get ready or I'm not ready for this. You know, those type of comments. So I really, again, when I saw the previews, you know, it was kind of confusing. It was like a thriller, scary. Uh, what is it? You know, so... I did not know what I was getting into and that, you know, after, you know, being hesitant about it, it kind of excited me that weekend and, uh, you know, I was in the movies alone and I saw it and I loved it. I was on the edge of my seat for the entire time and one of the best things that happened that night was when we left the theater, some girl was like, I don't get it. Like, why was, uh poor man mad and uh I felt smart like <laughs> I felt like I was part of the audience that understood film um you know like what I mean is there was a message behind the movie while still being really well entertained it had a great message behind it um you know while still being thrilled in the thriller and also laughing in a comedy it had a message behind it and I loved every second of it but beyond the movie watching experience, like at the theaters, um, before the podcast, um, it it was still like a little like idea on Lauren's head of doing this type of thing. But we just did it, you know, because it's it was the idea behind the podcast, just like watching, making your friends watch a movie that they had never seen before that you love, and seeing what they you know think about it. And that night, it was Amber couldn't come. But we were talking about it, um, you know, in the text thread and everything in the weeks before. So that night it was me, Alex, Lauren, and Tracy. And I think her baby was there, but I don't remember. I don't remember those things. Um, and Tracy, I rarely remember seeing movies at home with her. Like, I when, when I do remember watching a movie with Tracy, I remember, her, you know, she's a mom. She's a busy, like, organized person. So she's always walking around, like, planning her next move or doing something that's not watching the whole entire movie sitting down. So I wasn't like excited about, you know, Tracy just denying the movie or saying it sucked because she wasn't going to watch it. It was my thought. But anyways, we put it on, I think it was on Hulu already. I might be lying or we just rented it. Um, and uh, they loved it. And by they, I include Tracy on it. Um, and, uh, you know, I had already watched it. I, after the theater, I'd seen it, like, five times. Um, but that time, like, I was still, like, p 
picking up things like, whoa, that happened back then, you know, for my past viewings. And also like seeing perspectives that Alex and Lauren brought and even Tracy, like of stuff I miss of, you know, stuff that meant something out of a certain act or something that happened. Um, and at the end, I was glad that they understood the message and weren't like a different audience where they didn't get the message of, you know, why are poor people mad at rich people? Um, you know, it's not that simple and I am glad that we were able to discuss it and, you know, enjoy it together. And overall, like, again, wrapping up, it was, it wasn't just watching the movie one time, it was the whole year, like starting at the movie theater and then the Oscars, of course, was a cherry on top of it, you know, like, I felt like us as an audience, movie watching audience, were happy for them and excited for them and even... You know, the first one was great because, you know, it was the first time in Oscar film history or Oscar history that something this big happened at the awards. So, you know, I feel like us as a country, we were excited for them and thrilled and happy uh, that they were being recognized for just creating something amazing and incredible and a great movie watching experience. So, yes. 2020 Parasite was my favorite movie to watch. So number four on my list is a film that I should have seen forever ago. And it's always one I kind of put off a little bit. Um, and every time I see a Stanley Kubrick film, it's always a fantastic experience. I know I'm just I'm just ready. I'm ready for this ride. And so one I had never always sat down and watched was Full Metal Jacket. So I finally got to see it with some friends. We saw it very late at night. And I'm kind of worried because I was like drifting off to sleep kind of towards the end. Really what what I knew a lot about the film was like the first part where he's, you know, in boot camp and all that. Um, I love the opening shot. It's fucking awesome where they're just all getting their head shaved. I was very shocked. Like I my jaw dropped at, you know, the big scene um, you know, right kind of towards the end of his boot camp experience. And that's kind of why it was just so impactful. I mean, Stanley Kubrick films are very impactful. And with this one, it was different. And again, I have definitely taken an appreciation to, to war films. And this is a Vietnam War film. The Vietnam War has definitely fascinated me for a long time. I've talked to several Vietnam War vets, you know, Back when I when I worked as a reporter for uh, the Victoria Advocate and listening to their stories was always something I really enjoyed because I know that they, they went through so much and kind of seeing listening to their experiences and seeing how how it, like affected them emotionally, physically and what they can remember from that time. I don't know. I've always been fascinating by fascinated by that era. And again, this movie was just something I needed to watch and I need to kind of go back and definitely do a rewatch. I always do that with Stanley Kubrick films. We are going to be doing one in the near future, 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's another one that I really need to sit down and rewatch. I've only seen the ending. So I'm really excited about that. But that one really had to be up there on the list because again, it's Stanley Kubrick. And again, it's just, it's just like shocking and it's, just you, you can't get it out of your head you really can't uh kind of like hereditary not gonna lie almost another audible mention that i probably should have talked about uh that one can't stop thinking about it you just can't it just haunts you a little bit so number three is actually one that came out this year was supposed to have like a, a big theater opening but didn't and so it aired on apple tv plus and it was uh, a Beastie Boys story. And it was the documentary by Spike Jones. And I was so excited for that movie to come out. I had been hearing a lot of good things about it. And so I definitely, the hype was there. And I was so stoked that I was going to just have quick access to it. And when it aired, I watched it. And I, it was late at night when I started watching it. And then I thought, hey, I'll finish it in the morning. Now I finished that shit like that night I had to it was just the storytelling was fantastic and it's a story that I don't really know I've been a fan of the Beastie Boys for a while I don't really know a lot of their music kind of you know 
or you know late 80s and stuff like that I didn't really become obsessed with them until I was like 14 13 14 when to the five burrows came out I listened to that album like backwards and forwards so it was always fascinating uh to me like their story you see them too and you just know that MCA is not there it hurts more it just hurt just as much it did as it did when in 2012 and it was I loved the way they talked about their childhood their friendships and then their lives on tour it's such a fantastic story like I know Spike Jones you know was with them kind of at a at a big point in their career and um, helped them creatively with their one of their most famous videos of all time which is sabotage and it was just so fun to see just a group of guys you know who you don't expect to be um in that kind of genre of music and it, and it was lovely to hear their appreciation for that genre and the friendships they had i didn't know like when they started they had like this girl member in the in the group and she she ended up being like in the in a group called luscious jackson i was like fuck that's amazing i love that that band i've been listening to them a lot more lately and so it was really cool to hear them talk about the relationships they had and where the band started and where it's at now and of course their memories of mca and man i oh made me cry so much it was just a great documentary again just for the storytelling was so wonderful and so different and i really wish i got to experience that in a theater i'm wondering i'm kind of worried i wouldn't have like but now it's like you appreciate all the little things and i really definitely would have wanted to do that i know the beatles documentary of the let it be album like the recording of it is coming out like it was supposed to come out this year and i know peter jackson's going to be doing it and he has hours upon hours of footage of them recording their last album and I am so stoked for that. I actually saw the teaser for it and it looks amazing. And it's to the song Get Back, which I just fucking love. So definitely hyped me up for that. And hopefully next year, whether we see it in theaters or not, I'm just I just can't wait for that one. Okay. Sorry I don't have a cool background like Smiley or Ring Light, but I would I'm doing my best here. I'm at my parents' house. Okay. Hi, I'm Alex, and my favorite movie of 2020 was Jojo Rabbit. I know it came out last November, but I saw it in January. So I keep a list of all the movies I've seen throughout the year. It's not complete. Uh, I haven't updated it in a while. But Jojo Rabbit is one of the movies, one of the handful of movies that I gave five stars to this year. So I saw it in January. I thought as a historian, it was a really neat take on a World War II um, storyline. I know it's a book, so it was an adapted screenplay. Taika Waititi won a BAFTA for it. Um, he won the Oscar for adapted screenplay. He gave a great performance as Hitler. I thought the kid actors were amazing. Um, it was really funny. It also pulls on your heartstrings. It has a really like really sad twist to it, but I thought it did a great job. Uh, I think the kid actors were really what did it for me. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it it's one that um, hopefully we can do on the podcast later if one of us hasn't seen it because like I said as a historian it's a really great um, storyline and for it being like World War II movie it's not like Pearl Harbor. Um, I think Taika Waititi really took the setting of World War II Germany and gave us something different and something refreshing. Um, yeah so I think that is my 2020 pick. Um, honorable mention I really wanted to talk about Parasite because it was probably the movie that first like spawned our idea for this podcast um and we all saw it together um right at the beginning of the pandemic so right before everything went on lockdown it was one of the last movies that we got to see um together as a group and smiley shotgunned it so i couldn't do it here but yeah so that's my pick so for number two um, this was a film that I watched, I want to say, before we started doing the podcast. Otherwise, I would have probably put it on the schedule. Um, but I saw it on Netflix one day as I was eating a salad for dinner. And I was like, why not? And it's Taxi Driver. I didn't really think I was going to finish it like in one night. I figured I'd get it started 
and I just couldn't stop. I really couldn't stop. I was so drawn to his character, especially when he was like, you know, kind of stalking that chick and then asked her out and then, you know, took her out on a date and they went to go see a a movie in a porn theater, you know, the average first date. That was just wild. Also, another, you know, big thing was Jodie Foster's performance. And I knew that was like a big deal. That's kind of what I knew about the movie. You know, the you're talking to me and then the whole mohawk thing and then Jodie Foster. Legit the only thing I knew about that movie. I also know that a lot of people brought it up when Joker came out and kind of comparing it to it in a way. It was a fantastic film, uh, a film I couldn't look away. Like you want to look away, but you 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 can't. And I was really nervous about what was going to happen. I thought it was going to kind of have that same ending as, you know, Falling Down did. I really did. But it didn't, actually. Um, It was a surprise ending. Another surprise was Harvey Keitel. Man, that was insane. The way he talked, the way he acted, the way he dressed. He just, I mean, you knew him, but you didn't know him. And it was fucking awesome. Like, I just cannot get enough of that man. And it was, that, that was really another reason why I was like, really intrigued and and just so fascinated by that movie I really didn't know where it was gonna go and I'm really glad as to where it went I thought the ending was fucking awesome I read I did read the Roger Ebert like review of it you know when you this is another reason this is why it's really high up there when I see a movie that's just so and like it just stays with me forever I want to read a lot of stuff about it I want to know a lot of things like thoughts that other people have of the movie and so I was looking it up and I read his review and it's actually really really good um definitely uh gives you kind of more of an idea of kind of who he was his care um his character and um kind of how they perceive the ending he he I think I've, I want to say he mentioned that a lot of people feel like he died and it was kind of like imagined which I think was lame but I guess the more he talked about kind of the loneliness of the character, it really worked. And it was a really good review and it was definitely gave a good insight as to um, how well of a director Martin Scorsese is, which, you know, as we know now is just uh, very iconic. I mean, he's so he's the guy that that made my favorite film of all time, which is Goodfellas. And that was really another big reason why I needed to sit down and watch it. And I was really glad I did. That's why it's up there. Number two, I just want to watch it again. I really haven't. A lot of these movies that I have on the list, I haven't watched again, but it's it's going to happen like it really will. And I feel like that's why. I really wanted to sit down and kind of come up with a list of movies that I just saw out of the blue and I had never seen and movies that I'm going to watch again. Another reason I I wanted to sit down and come up with this list is because I really wanted to think of movies that uh, gave me that wonderful, like shocking or impactful first time viewing experiences. And I did get to watch a lot of movies that I had never seen before this year. And not only just because of the podcast, but also because of a lot of the shit that's going on now. But all of these movies that I have on the list is just stuff that I need to do a second rewatch because it's super important. You're going to catch more stuff that you didn't see before. So now for number one. Now I cheated a little bit with this one because it's actually two. And you probably know what it is if you know me at all. But it's The Godfather Part 1 and Part 2. So I it, earlier this year, I finally got to watch The Godfather with Eric and we had watched it on TV maybe late last year. And I was like, I need to sit down. It was actually part two that we were watching. Didn't know jack shit of what was going on. And so we finally sat down. Well, well for Christmas that year, he bought me all three films um, on Blu-ray in a really, really pretty case. And okay, so three is not on here, but that's because I haven't seen three yet. And I'm going to see three, no matter what anyone says, it's going to happen. So I finally sat down and watched the first one and it was what I expected. It was just amazing, obviously, as someone who really loves Goodfellas and as someone who needs to see Casino. That's happening in 2021, I promise. Um, It was just what I expected and it was just as amazing as I thought it would be. Um, I was really, really drawn to 
I mean, I knew Al Pacino was in it. I knew Marlon Brando was a fucking big deal. And of course he is. But I was really drawn by Robert Duvall and James Cann. Those were two unexpected people that I just didn't expect to have such a like big impact on my first time viewing experience of that movie. It was so much fun. I loved how it started. I also am madly in love with Diane Keaton. I, I actually got a like a a biography of hers for Christmas one year and she does talk about that experience and so that was really cool to kind of remember you know from that biography and then watching the film and so when I put two on I watched it by myself Eric was like nah I'm good I'm like what this is like the best one that I've heard and I can really see why I really do see why people say two is better than one and um Mainly because, you know, you get, I feel like you get a little bit more out of it. I don't know if it's the two storylines kind of going on. Uh, you know, Don Vito growing up and becoming who he, he becomes. And then you see Michael, uh, you know, kind of where it ended and in, the, in part one and to where he is at the end. It's It's, I don't really... I don't want to say demise because, you know, he is in power, but he just loses everybody. I was really sad watching part two. And when, you know, watching it again, I remembered those parts that we had watched uh, when I didn't know anything. And it was all in the scene where, you know, he's with Fredo and it's New Year's Eve and all that kind of stuff. I remember all that. And so watching that again, I was like paying attention more and you know because a lot of people mention you notice more things when he's at the restaurant with him talking like that that's when he finds out that's when he knows for the longest time I never knew what he did to him and it was great uh to finally see what happened and it was very heartbreaking very heartbreaking I actually re got to rewatch them uh Christmas Eve because they were playing them on IFC and so I was wrapping gifts, kind of coming in and out and just kind of keeping an eye on what part was on. And, uh, you know, of course, I had to sit down on those big moments, especially, you know, his mom's funeral and kind of seeing where that goes and how it kind of leads to Fredo dying. And it's really sad. Um, I also was reminded of the flashback scene, which I really loved at the end. You know, you see Michael where he is now. It's kind of where the stories are kind of merging, you know, Don Vito's, you know, where he's at. And then Michael in the beginning. It, I don't know. It just it worked so beautifully and I love the way it was placed. But watching that scene just made me kind of sad all over again. You see James Can there and you see everybody there. And and then you just see this innocent Michael who he was before he became the godfather. And. I'm really glad I got to watch it again before doing this quick review of the the top 10 films this year. And I just kind of want to end it um, by saying thank you all so much for checking us out. If you have, if you haven't, hey, check us out. We're on, you know, wherever you can get your podcasts. And I can't wait for next year. I, I, I know it's going to be a big one and I hope it gets a little bit better and I'm just really glad that my friends and I kind of have this like outlet where we can just sit and talk about um, films. And that's kind of how we all met. And it's just great to still be able to be friends after all these years, you know, when we were all in college and we get to do it here. And I love it so much. We get to show each other movies that we love, whether they're good or bad. And it's just amazing. So thank you all so much for, for listening to us and uh, stay tuned for 2021. It's going to be big for Never Seen It.